I think there's this barrier in the Christian walk. And, and I don't know where it started. I just know that we're kind of there as a society today. That we've come to the edge of a cliff that we know that there's an extra step to, but we're unafraid to take it. And so I'm going to invite you to be insanely courageous today, to bring your absolute best today, to give courage that you didn't know you even had today, to take the next step of faith. So if you remember back with me last week, um, the, the question that God gave me is, what if people could come to know me without an invitation? What if they could just make a move in the midst of a sermon? And, and God not debated that and tackled that and wrestled that until God showed up and he proved that he is bigger than any of us. And so I'm going to give you another insane moment of courage today. So this is what it's going to look like. Here in a minute, I'm going to have some friends that are going to be in the back of the room. If while the sermon is happening, you know for a fact that Jesus is speaking to your heart and you need him as Savior and Lord, I'm just going to ask you to go to the back. They're going to find you. Just go to the back wall and stand, and they're going to meet you there. Um, because we believe something. There is absolutely zero way to live in hope, faith, peace, love, all those things without Jesus. And so today, if, if you would say, I don't have that. I don't have that whatever it is. I need Jesus. If that's you, here's your chance. I'm going to start with prayer, and we're going to go right into the sermon today. And as, as I pray, my prayer is this, that you would get that insane courage to take that first step towards Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father God, we believe that you can do amazing things, Lord, despite us. So God, we pray and ask, Lord, that you would move in our lives. God, you move in the lives of the people in this room and that, Lord, you would show up again. God, we praise you and thank you. You're an amazing God. Thank you for speaking over our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we have one thing in common, all of us today in this room, and it's this. It's, well, it's not a few things. One, we probably didn't all grow up the same. You see, I grew up the son of an accountant who, after having children and doing accounting for years, committed his life to service after Jesus. And so I went from being an accountant's kid to a preacher's kid. You may not have done that. I grew up in the oil field. You may have never grown up in the oil field. If you have not grown up in the oil field, I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, like when Hereford blows in, it's bad. In the oil field, it's always Hereford. So you might not have grown up in the oil field like I did. You might not have grown up in a small town like I did. I grew up in a town where Dairy Queen wouldn't come because the town wasn't big enough. We only had a flashing stoplight down the middle, and the only people that really stopped at it were gas trucks. And so I grew up in a small town. You might not have done that. Uh, you might not have grown up with an older sister who, because of her faithful prayers, showed her brother that falling after Jesus was worth it. You may not have grown up with a sister like that. I did. I'm grateful for her. We may not have all of the similarities of our growing up life. You may not be a preacher at a church. If you are, God bless you. Um, but that may not be your story. But the one thing we all have in common is this. Time is ticking in our life. Whether you know it or not, time has gone by since you've been in the room. 
And because of that, we all are addicted to one thing in our, in our culture, and it's time. When I went to India, they're not addicted to time. Time doesn't mean anything to them. Like, if something's supposed to start at 3 and they're driving and they're in the mood for tea, they stop. And you have tea, it doesn't matter how long it takes, that's community. In America, if it's at 3 o'clock and you show up at 310, you are late. How many of y'all are like our family and show up everywhere 10 minutes early? Go ahead, you can confess this morning. Yeah, there's some of you. So for those of us that are like that, how much does it bother you when people show up five minutes late? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm telling you, the Claytons are known for something. We are early. If you invite us to lunch, we're going to be early. Make sure your house is clean. I'm just saying, we're going to knock on your door, and you're going to be like, oh, they're early. Because that's what we do. We like to be early. We like to show up to things. And because that time is constantly ticking in my life, I constantly think about it. But I want to give you a tool this morning as we start that hopefully will speak to you. And it's this. We have a mission to keep and a calling to live. And I, I want you to just grab a pen. If you got one of those worship experience guys, I want you to write this down. Are you ready? I have, this is you, I have a mission to keep and a calling to live. I have a mission to keep and a calling to live. Everybody in this room has a mission to keep. Here's what this mission is. That Jesus is who he says he is, so we should live the way he asked us to. By telling everyone about him, by calling others unto him, by doing the works that point others towards him, we have a mission to keep and a calling to keep and a calling to live. We, you have an individual calling inside of that mission. No one is built like you are. I often do this at a funeral, and I, I remember where I heard it. There's an old minister in southeast Texas that came and did a funeral. I'll never forget him because... It took him forever to get from the parking lot into the church. I mean, he was one of those guys that had worked in the fields for forever, so he, he had the farmer hunch. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's where their shoulders are way over like this, and he shuttle walked. And I just remember thinking, this is the guy that's going to preach the funeral? Like, I don't know this guy. He was, I'd been there a while, and I'd never met him. And he he came all the way up, and he gave me this look. Are you the preacher? And I went, yes. And he reached over his hand like this and shook. And I remember shaking his hand and thinking, oh, man, Lord, be with this man. Let him preach a powerful funeral. And he shuttled to my office, hunched over. And I said, please sit at the, the table there. You know, take a rest. Can I get you some water? And he goes, do you have coffee? I said, I can get you some coffee. And I brought him some coffee. And he sat there and he sipped from the coffee, shaking it up. Y'all been around these guys, right? And then he reached for his Bible like this. And I went, whoa. The man walked up on the stage and sat down in one of our chairs up on the thing and 
uh, as the people would sing, as a minister when, and Dale can attest to this, when you're up here at a funeral and, and someone's singing an amazing song, you want to tap your feet, but you have to find yourself not doing that because it's a funeral and you want to you see him at a calm. He didn't even bother with that. He slapped his knee. And I thought, oh, Lord, this isn't going to be good. I'm up on the stage at this other chair, and I'm watching him. And I'm going, i got to pay attention. And I keep looking over. He's just... And then he got up. He read from a passage. And, and this is where I've taken this since then. Because I asked him if I could use it. I'll just never forget. He walked up and after reading the passage, he took his hand and he did like this. And he said, you have a thumbprint that no one else does. He did like this all around the room. And he said, look at it. And I'm looking at his thumb and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be looking at mine. He said, you are unique. God only created one thumbprint on the whole planet like yours. You may look like someone else, he said. He said, oftentimes there's, you're going to run into somebody in this world that says, don't I know you? Because your face can look like someone else's face. You're as tall as other people on our planet. You drive similar cars. Your house looks like someone else's. You may enjoy similar things. I'll never forget when April and I were getting married, we went uh, to do a, a bridal check-in thing at a store, and there was another Kyle and April Clayton about to get married. And I thought, well, that's confusing. And then I was like, Virginia, that's not us. But he held his thumbprint out, and he said, only you possess this. So use it the way God intended. Because you have a mission to keep and a calling to live. Only you has the thumbprint that you have. Don't you get it today that when God created you and formed you, he made you unique because the world needed a you who loves Jesus. And if you as Jesus lovers will show up in the world, you will do something for others and for the gospel that God only called you to do. We don't need any more Billy Grahams. God created one of those guys. And now he's in heaven. We need a you. We need you to show up. We need you to be you. You know why? Because we all have a backstory that made us into the you you are today. I really believe that today there's many of you in this room that feel like you're too damaged to be used by God. You've walked into the room today and you've just decided from the very get-go that God doesn't use people like you. But can I just be honest with you? God loves using people like you and me because we're in that same camp. He could have picked a whole lot better circumstances. He could have picked a whole group of disciples that were a whole lot more polished, a whole lot more learned. He could have picked a mother that came from different stature. He could have picked a different city to be born in. He wrote the book. He could have done a lot of things, but he chose the lowest so that we would know this. 
When you believe that you are not good enough to be used by God, what you declare is, Jesus is not good enough to be a Savior for you. Because Jesus died for everyone. He died so that you and I would never have this moment of saying, we're not enough. He's enough. And when we trust in him, he is enough. He's enough to reach our city. He's enough to reach the hurting and the broken. He is enough. He's asking you to show up. Will you show up is the question today. Will you have enough insane courage to be a part of what God is doing? Ephesians 2, chapter 1 says this, And you were dead in your trespasses. This is a former you and sins. In which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens. The spirit now working is in the disobedient. We too have all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and our thoughts, and were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. And I love verse 4. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by, what does it say? Grace. Together with Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by what? Grace, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's God's gift, not from works so that anyone can boast. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we would walk in them. Man, this is such a powerful passage. The question that every Christian has to answer because of this is this. Are we okay with people dying without Jesus? Because see, listen, the calling of a Christian is to come alive. And when we come alive, it is to call others to come alive. Once you walk with us, once you come with us. It's a calling out to saying, if you've not done this, you need to try it. So I just have to believe that there, there is something instinctive in a Christian's life that when we start to focus our attention on Jesus and when we're laser focused towards what he's calling us to do, we begin to answer the question, are we okay with people dying without Jesus Christ? And the answer is, it's no. We're not okay with that. We're not okay with that. It should be the one thing that haunts us more than anything at the end of the day. It's not how big is our bank accounts. It's, was anybody affected by my walk today in such a way that led them closer to Jesus? Or was I just there today? You ever had those days that at the end of the day, you sit down, you're exhausted, and then you ask the question, did I do anything today? You ever done that? Man, I've been there. What did I do today? You start to go, let's rewind backwards. I ate. That was good. Um, You start to go back through and wonder, at what point did I make any effect on my world at all? I believe the calling of the church is for people to come alive every day. And it's a desperate need that we possess. And the only way that we do this is in a relationship with Jesus. 
that calls us to remind us that we have a mission to keep and a calling to live. You possess that, a mission to keep and a calling to live. Each of us has it. We all have the same mission, but we don't all have the same calling. You are unique. Use your unique. The reality is this. We've all lived a life of death at one point in our lives. At one point, we all acted like the rest of the world. We've all been there. Uh, I believe our forefathers called it sowing our wild oats. It it was a, a season where it didn't matter what we did because nothing mattered to us. We could live however we so chose, act like we ever wanted to act, talk like we wanted to talk. We'd do anything we wanted to because it just didn't matter. But here's the thing, it always mattered to God because you matter to God. And listen, as much damage as we think we've done to him, he's bigger than any damage we can give him. God doesn't need to be defended. He can defend himself. He's a big God. God doesn't need a trial to prove he's God. I can promise you he'll win. We have a whole world debating out, do we believe that there's a God? And I can just tell you this. If all there was in a trial was your faith to prove there's a God, what would they find? Because that's the thing that God calls the church to do today. If the only person that showed up to prove that God was God and they reviewed my life, would they see him? Or would they simply say, well, he's a preacher. I mean, clearly that means there's a God, right? I love when I get to talk to people in town. I start to visit with them about their faith and and all of a sudden they always ask the one question. Are you a... Are you a preacher? And I always have to go, yeah. And then they go, oh, mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. And I always tell them, you better believe it. You see, I'm not just a spokesman for Hair Club for Men. I am also a participant. I'm just kidding. Y'all remember those commercials? The question really becomes today, are we just worshipers or are we believers? Do we really believe that Jesus is real? Do we really believe he still shows up? Do we really believe he still saves lives? If that is the truth, we have to act like it outside of Sunday mornings. And don't just call it Wednesday nights. And if you need anything that tells you why, it's these words. Because we are saved by what? We're saved by grace. So what do we want people to experience? What do we want them to really see from us? When I was young, uh, I can remember on Saturdays watching the wonderful world of Disney. Walt Disney would pop up on my screen and talk about all the wonderful things that Disney had to offer. I remember watching Davy Crockett. Remember watching cartoons when they used to not slam each other in the faces or make crude jokes. I remember those days. I wanted to show you just a glimpse for a second of what an experience looks like when you went to Disney. Why don't you look at the screen with me? From one of the world's most gifted motion picture creators comes 
Disneyland, whose wondrous portals open to Adventureland, Tomorrowland, Frontierland, and Fantasyland. Fantasyland, where even elephants can fly, and little boys understand the simple language of the animals they love. Tomorrowland, taking you on miraculous trips to outer space, far beyond the orbits mankind has reached today. Adventureland, bringing you exciting stories of man's exploits and of the animals Walt Disney loves so well. Frontierland, where men of the mountains and men of the plains tame America's flaming frontier. Disneyland, it's wonder, fantasy, and adventure. See it every week on ABC. You know, as children, when we saw that commercial, it probably really interested us. Today, I don't know if our kids would be blown away by that. Don't you think? Don't you think if we showed that, they'd be like, I'm going to get to go place and learn how people talk to horses? This sounds amazing. Oh, I love the graphics of, you know, the Tomorrowland with the flying saucers on strings. Blows my mind. You know, it starts to kind of wear on us that perhaps the one thing that we need to capture today is this. God has never changed being relevant in our society. Never once has he lost his grip on reaching people. Never once has he had to change or mold himself into anything else other than being God. But he's called the church to reach the world. And we had better keep with it. Because there's a lost world out there and they're changing faster than we could ever imagine. When I was a kid... Telephones meant either having a friend's house with a cord on it or a place you put coins in. I can remember sitting with my youth group, one of my first youth groups, and the kids were sitting in the room texting each other. And I remember thinking, I will never text someone. I'm going to call them because that's what humans do. I text all the time. When I was a kid, there was no internet. It was only in, you know, far off places in big rooms with massive computers. I can remember when I was in high school, sitting across, chatting with someone on AOL, asking them, where are you from? They were like, I'm from this place. And you're like, awesome, how old are you? I'm 87, never mind. (laughs) Y'all remember this? Now we talk to each other every day. I can remember when my flip phone finally started taking pictures, black and whites. Y'all remember this? Flip your flip phone up and go, I'm not even sure that's a human. Now we buy phones because their cameras take amazing pictures. I remember going on vacation and having to take a camcorder, a a video, like a a picture camera, and like a, a schedule of where we're going on a map. Now you just take your phone with you. You're like, oh, can y'all do that again? I'm going to video it. Hold on, I'm getting a call. Hold on, I'm making the directions. Hold on, I'm ordering lunch. Oh, hold on. Cowboys just traded. (laughs) And we want the gospel to be furthered. We had better get on board. There's a lost world looking for, do Christians really believe this Jesus thing is real? So what do we want them to experience? What do we want them to see? Listen, we have a response. Here's the responses that this scripture gives us. Number one, display Jesus. Display Jesus' word to everyone 
at all times. Be ready. Be ready to share Jesus with anyone you get around because we all have a mission to keep and a calling to live. The next, delete any reason that we have to boast. It's not about how good you can be. It's not about how much stuff you can bring to the table. Jesus is good enough. If you think for one second it's about how many degrees you need to share your faith, you're wrong. It really is about a desperation that said that Jesus was enough to save you. The next, do good. Do good works for Jesus' credit and not ours. Do good because Jesus matters. Show up because Jesus matters. I said it the other day, and I want to say it again. Don't just watch the news. Go be a part of it. Go show up. Because we all have a mission to keep and a calling to live. Now in context of church world. I'm reminded every day that every Sunday is someone's first Sunday with us. It's the first time they've walked into this room. It's the first time they've ever worshipped with us. It's the first time they've ever heard, you know, this kid preaching from behind a pulpit. It's their first Sunday. It's their first Sunday to see y'all and to see how you shake their hand and say goodbye here in a little bit. It's their first Sunday. But you know what? Tomorrow should be the first Monday they see you show up at work with Jesus on your He should just be all over you. You should show up and just ooze him. So Kyle, how do you do it? How do we get to a place where the mission really matters and our calling really is at place? It starts right now. It starts right now by declaring that Jesus is enough. Is Jesus enough to save your life? Yes. Is Jesus enough that you would make a move to declare him as Savior and Lord of your life? Yes. The question is, will you do it? Will you take that step? Because everybody needs to experience what you've got on you. But unless you have it, they'll never see it. My prayer is this, in my lifetime, People will come to know Jesus more outside the church than they did any time I've ever preached. What about you? That's my prayer, that I show Jesus everywhere I go. That should be your prayer too. Because we all have a mission to keep. And we all have a calling to live. And that should be true for you. Back in the day... There's a group of men that decided that they were going to go to Ecuador. They, they knew that the people of Ecuador, that region was unreached. And so they decided to go. But as they were preparing, they began to learn the language, but they realized there was a barrier there. That you could learn as much language as you wanted to, but until you got amongst the people, you would never learn it. And so they kissed their wives and children goodbye and these men boarded a plane, and they flew in. As they walked out on the beach, they were encountered by a man. They shook his hands, they met his needs, and he disappeared. And they thought, there's the start. Lord, help us. Lord, send more people. A day went by, and the next day as the sun rose, they could hear some people marching towards them. And they stood out on the shoreline, they looked up, and the people that showed up took all of their lives. That may seem like a terrible story, 
But a generation went by and the son of the man who died decided he had a heart to go. And so they loaded up. And they went to the shore where his dad was killed. And they led a whole nation to Jesus. Because it takes insane courage. It takes insane courage to state, I will follow Jesus. No matter the cost, no matter what I lose, no matter what I gain, I will follow Jesus. Because there is an absolute mission to keep. And there's an absolute calling to live. And I will live it. The question is today, no matter the cost, will you follow Jesus outside of these doors today? Will you give him your everything? I want to call you over the next few minutes. My friends are still in the back of the room. I encourage you to go back there. We'll have some people up front. I encourage you to come this way. But we're going to sing some time of worship. We're going to have time of prayer. I want to invite you to come and be a part of what God's doing. So will you come? Will you follow Jesus with insane courage today that declares, I will follow Jesus? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray, God, that you would make us so bold. Give us insane courage, God. Lord, lead us and guide us, Lord, to follow hard after you. God, may we make your name famous, not because of how big our names might be, but how great you truly are. Lord, may you show up in our Mondays and our Tuesdays and all week long. But Lord, show up right now and speak over us and change our hearts. Lead us, God, because there is an absolute mission to keep that is reaching the world for Jesus. And there's an absolute calling to live, and that's how you called us, God. May you win our day. Speak over us, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to worship. You come. As we sing, come this morning. Insane courage. Will you follow Jesus? Do so now.